0: Possibilities,
1: a podcast for those who are ready to evolve into unstoppable, intuitive, and resilient entrepreneurial leaders. Every episode features successful business thought leaders who share their wisdom about insightful topics that help you amplify how you do business and serve yourself and others. Get comfortable and have fun as you listen to your host, Terry Wilderman, have lively conversation with her guest. Here's Terry. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Awaken the Possibilities. As you know, I'm your host, Terry Wildman, and the guests that I bring you are absolute rock stars. They, some are very well-known. Some of them aren't very well-known. And the bottom line is their stories are all juicy, amazing, and they all give lessons. Well, today I'm bringing you somebody who's very, very interesting. I would like to introduce you to Marcus. Marcus Wait to hear this. Marcus Ogden is an NF he was in the NFL. NFL. How fun is that? So in 2003, he was drafted into the NFL as an offensive lineman. And after five years of playing in league, he decided to retire and pursue a career in construction and contracting. At the age of 27, Marcus founded a construction company called Caden Premier Enterprises, the company had fast growth, and in 2010, Marcus won the American African American Subcontractor of the Year Award in the state of Maryland. Eventually, his business went bankrupt, losing almost $2 million on one project in a matter of 90 days. That's a lot of money. <laughs> During his darkest hours, he pulled himself together, got a part-time job as a custodian, and with hard work and determination, became an inspirational keynote speaker, executive coach, best-selling author, and marketing leader, helping to build the success of others. Welcome to Awaken the Possibilities,
0: Marcus. Thank you, Terry. How are you doing this afternoon?
1: Doing absolutely brilliantly well. And I'm so excited to have you on the show. You're my first NFL player. Hey, it's great. I'm excited. This is my third podcast. I've been doing podcasts now for eight years and I've never had anybody from the NFL. So thank you for the baptism.
0: (laughs) Nice. It's always good to be so much first, so I appreciate it. Yeah.
1: So, um, you know, I love your history. Uh, There's a lot of dynamics. I mean, the show is for entrepreneurial leaders and everything that you do, really speaks to the entrepreneurial leader. It really does. So I'm curious, what took you from the NFL into starting your own business?
0: Well, when I left the National Football League, I played for almost six years. I was really about structure, teamwork, camaraderie, and I knew going into corporate America I didn't want to be someone that worked in an office where I was told what time to be there. And because I had, I had gone through that with the NFL for so long in college football and high school football, I wanted a break. But I also knew I didn't want to sit around and just you know, get lazy incompetent, and competent like, and not develop and sharpen my skill sets. So I ended up saying, well, what can I do to really make a community impact in Baltimore? That's how I was living in Baltimore. I'm um, still young, I had no family, no wife, no kids. I said, well, Marcus, this is the time to actually go for it and start a business. And I took a couple of classes during my NFL career. I went to one at USC. I took some classes actually in, uh, in Baltimore at a what's called the Small Business Resource Center. And I only really talk about this very often. I'm, I don't know why I don't, but I just don't really, I guess, remember it, but till now. And I went down to Baltimore and I got certified to be a, um, an entrepreneur through their program. And I ended up saying, wow, Baltimore has a lot of history, but it doesn't really have a lot of people helping make a good systemic economic impact in the community. So let's go ahead and try to do that. And that's why I decided to launch my construction business and actually in the heart of uh, downtown Baltimore.
1: Mm, and I watched that revitalization. I'm from the uh, Pennsylvania area. So we would drive through Baltimore quite a bit and the revitalization. Yeah, I, I, we, did a lot.
0: we did a lot of work by like the Inner Harbor. Yeah. Uh, coming off 95, like, you know, they call it, like Harbor East area. Yes. We worked, worked to some restaurants there. Uh, There's like a new building called the Silo Apartments. You can see it coming off 95. We mm-hmm. worked on that property, doing some work on the exterior. We were a concrete site work contractor. So we Got would, it specialized in earthwork concrete demolition grading sidewalks all that kind of good stuff
1: so some people may ask and this is I believe very important for entrepreneurs to understand this some people may ask how did you go from football into choosing construction
0: well I took the course at USC was on development so Mm -hmm. I really got a good passion for that somewhat like getting into working on the outside of the building so and my father passed away about a year and a half before i started my business he passed away in 06 in the summer and i started my business basically in 08 in the Mm -hmm. beginning of 08 so i just found it that there was a huge need for it and it was something Mm -hmm. that i learned a lot about through development at the usc program and I was mm-hmm. able to meet a business partner. I went to Morgan State, which is a historical black house in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, you may know this they may not. His name was Congressman Elijah Cummings. He passed away about six yes. months ago. Yes, I he got did. a chance to meet him. He knew who I was from playing football in Baltimore, my brother, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And he inspired me to want to get to become a successful minority contractor. Nice. At, um, at He actually spoke at uh, Morgan State, and I was in the audience, and that kind of got me going nice. more into nice. construction. So what about construction? And I know I'm
1: harping on this, for, for, uh, mm-hmm. but there's, I have, there's a reason for my madness. What about construction
0: called to you? I'm going to be very honest with you, and it's not the right answer, but it's the honest answer. I wanted to make money. And okay. construction... I knew you could have big checks along with the business. I knew that. Okay. And I said, I wanna have, and I still was getting the big, I call it the big check syndrome. And I ended up really following that, you know, that reasoning. And unfortunately, that's why the business is not sustainable past my fifth year. I actually lost my business going into my sixth year because I really didn't have a passion for it. I had more of a, of a desire to make money not really be someone that was doing that. I wanted to make money and help people, but I really didn't belong in construction because I didn't really have enough passion for it. I really just should have been into you know, helping other people. I could have found something else to do, but that's what I chose to do. I followed the money. You know,
1: Marcus, I want to applaud you for being so honest with what it is that you're sharing right now, because you know, I've been in business since I was 18 years old. And the thing with entrepreneurship is everyone that I have met, unequivocally, almost every single person I have met who's an entrepreneur who went with the money first, ended up going down the road that you just described.
0: Right.
1: When you focus on money first, things just don't work out well. It's all about, what do you say is? the number one thing that entrepreneurs should be focusing on based on what you learned about that
0: business? You need to to focus on providing value to your client base. That's what it's about. And if you're doing something for the money, you will eventually get burnt out that's exactly what happened to me with construction that's what makes sense the first five years kind of like the honeymoon stage it's like marriage all this type of stuff like oh it's fun i like it Uh, all these big checks coming in man this is so easy which makes sense why i went bankrupt at the five and a half year mark because i was getting burnt out the money was great but i hated going to the office i hated having to get on work calls I hated putting out all the fires. I hated uh, having to call people and hound them to get paid. I hated having to organize truckers who sometimes would come to work drunk or not at all. I hated having to round up my field guys that sometimes would be drunk and not come in on on time. And it just got to be such a enormous headache. Well,
1: you know, you validated for the audience, you know, when, and for me, quite frankly, People say to me, why do you always say to do a business that you love and are passionate about? And you just validated all my reasons why. Because it's sustainable.
0: I mean, if you don't love what you do, when you hit the wall, you're going to cave in. You're going to give in.
1: Absolutely. You will. You burned out. And when you burn out like that now. I do know people who have burned out because they are, they do love and are passionate about what they do
0: sure.
1: yet. Right.
0: Their boundaries aren't up right. so it's because their boundaries aren't up. They burn out. That's so, right. Or, or, or you're not delegating the task to the right people. So yes. you don't have to get burnt out. Like, right. I was getting burnt out around year four with this business. But around wow. year four, I found my, my, one of my biggest business partners and associates, uh-huh. I found an amazing website designer, nice. I found an amazing marketing branding expert. She's in New Jersey. My two people here in the air are in Raleigh. And I found an amazing videographer who's now also in Raleigh. So oh, as nice. the team around me got better and more quality individuals, the work became fun again and i do i get burnt out no do i get tired sure i mean you i i in our line of work and you know this you're servicing clients and you're dealing with a lot of their emotional problems or their professional problems and it's a drain on you but i i have to i'm always thankful that i'd rather have more clients i'm servicing and helping getting out in front of more people then having energy when I go to bed at night, not being tired, because then I feel then I haven't done a good enough job helping enough people. So let's take a few steps back. Mm-hmm. You
1: lost your business, you lost mi- millions of dollars. I did. You know the business went
0: away, it what did. happened next? So it went away and I ended up moving to Raleigh from Baltimore. Uh, when I got down here, I had $400 to my name. And I ended up uh, working at, I was almost homeless, but the National Football League stepped in with what's called the Gene Upshaw Trust Fund, which allowed me to uh, have my bills paid by the NFL uh, player care foundation to my creditors, not to me, to the creditors, to make sure I got paid. So that was good. It gave me four months of, you know, of severance to kind of keep myself from not having to go homeless. Mm-hmm. I was working at Lynch at the time in Durham. I was fired after about two months. Again, wasn't passionate about it. I got a job, okay. job to a construction company the next day, got fired five days later. The company shut down its doors for uh, the sales part of their organization. And the only job I could get was, was a custodian. Mm-hmm. I worked for $8.25 an hour on the night shift, graveyard night shift from 10 p.m. until 5 a.m. Wow. Uh, for about six months. And I had a pivotal moment and that pivotal moment was the reason why I turned myself around when, when someone's trash and bare and they're, and their rotten meat, banana peels, got on my bare skin and body. That's when I made the determination I have to change something. And I said, I want to help people. And that's when I came home and I wrote down the three things I was good at or best at, in my opinion, what I wanted to do to help people. And, that, and I put that into the computation, out came a speaker. And that's when i started the journey that was in september of 2013. and where did you deliver your first speech my first speech was actually for the boys and girls club of raleigh uh in downtown raleigh uh free job of course i my grandfather worked as a volunteer for the boys and girls club in washington dc for over six decades of his life so that was a great natural fit for me i actually spoke at one of their board meetings um as a as a person who was tied to the boys and girls club who could speak to its advantages had a family member that was so a close family member that was involved with the boys and girls club so us my very first speech was nice. the boys and girls club of raleigh in downtown raleigh
1: very very nice and how did it feel
0: looking back on it i didn't do a good job because i did a great job of being passionate about my grandfather and about the Boys and Girls Club, I didn't really give anybody any action steps to why or how they could get more involved with the Boys and Girls Club. So okay. from a passion standpoint, it was awesome. From a standpoint of what I do today, as far as delivering a great message with some thought provoking you know, uh, implications and ideas to some strategies, I didn't do a good job. But for just starting out my career, it was a strong, passionate message, which at the time, of course, felt great. So, from the Boys and Girls Club, where did you go? From there, I went over to my next job. From there, was I did a couple of like high school, you know, well, high school football teams, middle school football teams, and then I remember I got my first non-paid corporate job, which was amazing. How my first corporate client ever was and still is a Fortune 500 company, NetApp. I got uh-huh. that job in downtown Chicago, and that mm-hmm. was in April of 2014. I got that job at Mike Dickens Steakhouse in downtown Chicago. How cool
1: is that? So I've got to ask you, because sure. this can be some of the challenges with entrepreneurship. How did you get that corporate job? Please share with your Waking the Possibilities audience that everything is possible
0: everything is possible if you're not afraid to step out of your comfort zone what happened <laughs> what it is like my client i trained both his kids in football O lineman at a high school i was their personal private coach my client who's a great friend of mine today dave Nisvisky, worked for netapp and i took a calculated risk i made a decision do I want to let this person know that I want to get into coaching? Me, I want to get into speaking and coaching of adults versus just doing football training. And I said, if I tell him this and he doesn't like it, he could, maybe he'll stop working with me. He'll take his kids from me coaching and he'll, he'll ask for a refund. Like, well, you're obviously not really interested in coaching football, so I'm just going to move on. Or he could say, Marcus, I don't know anybody. And let, and that's it. Or he could say, sure, Marcus, I'll, I'll let you know. Why? I took the risk. I told him. He said, Marcus, I'll let you know. Three months after that, he contacted me. That was probably, December. it was like January of 2014. Marcus, I have an opportunity for a company. It's in Chicago. It's not a paid job. Do you want it? And I said, who's the company? It's my company, NetApp. We'll fly you up. We'll put you in a hotel. We'll feed you car service, but you'll get no fee from us. You have, you, have no, you have no credentials. You have, this is me just trying to help out a friend. Do you want the job? And I said, absolutely. And that was my first corporate job because I got out of my comfort zone and I told a close friend of mine, I would like to do this. Can you help? Okay.
1: I'm going to ask you to repeat that last part again.
0: So I've basically said, I stepped out of my comfort zone. I went to a good friend of mine and I asked him the question, can you help me with my goals and aspirations? So is asking for help a weakness? No.
1: Thank you. (laughs) So many people think that asking for help is a weakness, but it's a sign of strength. Is it not? Because
0: society deems it so. Yes. In In the movies, in politics, in Uh, sports whatever the case may be if you ask for help it shows that you're not prepared that's not true that's right you ask for help it really means that you really are cognizant that you want to do something correctly and or you're trying to do something new that you don't have any experience in and here's the part and here's the whole thing I tell everybody what good is an inner circle if you can't lean on them or ask them for help exactly not in a circle, then. It is people right. that you are call as, uh, uh, associates. So, Dave, I had met Dave in May. Mm-hmm. Yeah, May. So May, June, July, August, September was five months of getting to know him. Uh, both his sons were really good clients. They had my first clients, going to their games, like and again, like his wife today will still like stuff on my social media. His nice. boys are now grown up. One is 25 in Colorado, working for a great company, doing very well. Other one's 24 in Austin, Texas, working for a big company, doing well. I met them both. You know, it's what now? That was 2000. That was seven years ago. One was 18 and one was 17 when I met them. And now they're grown up and they've gone on. And I tell them all the time if I didn't have the confidence and strength to get out of my own way and ask their father for help and guidance, my career, would it be here today? Probably not. Because I've worked for 13 Fortune 500 companies in the last three years. Yeah, yeah, 13 in the last three years. But NetApp was my first. And that brought me to now it's 14 total, but 13 in the last three years. Because Mm -hmm. NetApp, in 2014, gave me my first chance on the big stage. But if I don't, if I don't ask Dave, who am I, how am I going to find who to talk to Annette at, Terry? It's too big nah. a company. I don't know who, who am I going to call, like they're nah. 1-800? That's not going to happen. So without telling Dave, I wouldn't be here
1: today. So you started there. How did you get all those
0: other speaking gigs? <laughs> leverage, leverage, leverage. Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time, what others say about you builds your book of business. So I started getting testimonials, written testimonials on people's letterheads, video testimonials, logos of people I've worked with, put on my website, started doing email marketing, social media marketing. But it really starts with who can vouch for your work. You can, Mm -hmm. great. But they don't like, why? Of course you can. I can vouch for my own work. That's easy. Hire me because I'm good. I'm great. That's great. But who else is saying it? Who else is saying it, Terry? Nobody's going to take you seriously. So if you want to build your book of business, build your archives of testimonials, social proof, anything like that, that's Mm going to help speed up the process more than anything else you could do.
1: And one of the things, you're absolutely spot on with that. Uh, If you go to my website, intuitiveleadership.com, you will actually see a tab that says testimonials. Mm -hmm. Guess what, folks? It's an app that's attached to my website that you go onto my website and you choose what you know whether it's coaching it's speaking it's vip days retreats whatever it is that you experience with me and you put a testimonial in that's what you do you're absolutely spot on marcus it's so easy to get your testimonials and on linkedin you know linkedin is the same thing you go and you get your testimonials on linkedin
0: Get your and recommendations, your referrals. Exactly. Absolutely. You
1: you have to have those because those referrals, what you're talking about, really build business. And you are the proof in the pudding. Oh, so
0: yeah. Martin I, I agree with thank you.
1: <laughs> you're the proof in the pudding. So tell us, what are you doing right now with the chaos that has come upon us in twenty twenty?
0: i have our team has pivoted in times of change we are doing more webinars we're very active on doing great podcasts people like yourself we're doing conferences we've pivoted to where we can bring the 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 speaking message to the computer and make that be the stage until we can get back out into the actual stage and it's been going very well Uh, I've done a lot of webinars the last two months for people that are in real estate or are in technology or are looking are, are like, you know, leadership conferences. But it's really about stepping out and finding ways to pivot in times of change versus just complaining about, well, what I can't do. Well, a lot of us can't do this or can't do that. But what we can do is we can actually work towards a solution to the issues instead of sitting around complaining all day about the problems. Mm
1: -hmm. And what you just said is so very important because the more we keep focusing on something and say, we can't, we can't, we can't, you are absolutely right. Law of attraction keeps putting up the roadblocks. Whereas if you say we can just the right people show up, just the right app shows up, just the right event shows up, just the right opportunity shows up and you may not know how it is or what it is, but it shows up if you get out of the
0: way. One of my favorite movies of all time that a lot of people haven't heard of. Now, both actors, well, one actor is very well known. The other actress, she's pretty well known too, is The Laws of Attraction with um, Pierce Bronson and Julianne Moore. And uh, they're both attorneys that, you know, are enemies and they end up, they have so much dislike for each other. If they come together, they actually have a strong life for each other. And they have to pretend that they're married, and then in order to kind of not ruin their careers, and it was a really strong message about how it's like when you're trying to be around people, and you're trying to always try to find ways to better yourself. Just be open to receiving people's advances. Uh, now, if someone's trying to be overly aggressive or advancing then you know that, then you can back away. But until someone gives me a red flag of why I shouldn't talk to them or be around them, uh, I don't have that. I don't have that. I'm not going to talk to you or you're not good enough for me. I don't have that ego. I mean, I've been there with my business. My first business is Caden. And that's why I lost everything. I had a massive ego that couldn't fit into the Empire State Building. Not going there again. Not happening. Well, that's, that, that's quite
1: the... Uh... The uh, the uh, the. Uh, ego? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> well, uh, so today, who is your ideal client today, Marcus?
0: My ideal client is a business or an individual that just wants to get better by working on their strategic and tactical planning and execution. That could be around professional development. It could be around your growth and development, growth strategies how to scale, but using your personal story as your way of attracting people because Very that's nice. really what it has to be.
1: It really is the story, isn't it?
0: It is, because if you don't share with people your story or who you are, they're not going to open up to you. It's not gonna happen.
1: Yeah, and it happen. really is about trust. Absolutely about trust and that's how you create it,
0: right? There's three things that people look for uh, in hiring someone or looking to work with them in some capacity. One is the ability to negotiate or teach them how to negotiate. Second one is trustworthiness. And third is the ability to help them navigate murky and charted waters. When you you do those three things as a person, you are going to be in the best spot to succeed.
1: Brilliant. Brilliant. And what a great place
0: to close up today's episode.
1: Marcus, can you please share with people how they can
0: find you? Sure, they can go to our website, which is www.marcus, M-A-R-Q-U-E-S, Ogden, O-G-D-E-N.com, And they can reach out to us. They can send us a message. You can email us at marcus underscore Ogden at yahoo.com or marcus at marcusogden.com. Reach out to us, connect with us. We're all about having conversation, adding value and helping people achieve their personal goals and desires.
1: Well, thank you so much, Marcus Ogden, for being on the show today. And folks, I'm Terry Wilderman again with Waking the Possibilities. As you know, this is all about living your best life ever. So until next time, to your success. See you next episode. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Visit our website at awakenthepossibilities.com to subscribe to listen and rate our podcast on your favorite platform, such as YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Cashbox, and more. For events, business, mindset, and leadership coaching services and courses, visit our website at intuitiveleadership.com. We look forward to sharing more insightful episodes and wish you much success in your business and life.